doing in this um, quarantine life. Uh, this has been un- an unfortunate situation that everyone has to be home and can't really do much. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. I can't complain. My family's good and healthy. So that's most I'm healthy, so, uh, you know, everything's been good. So before we get into all the sports, um, obviously there's something happened, and it's the George Floyd situation. Obviously, they, like, it's, it, what happened was just terrible and awful, so I wanted to get your thoughts on when you saw this and heard this, your reaction to this. I'm an African-American woman in America, and it's really sad when you see things like that you read about it and as a black person like you're almost fortunate that you're the one who's reading about it and not on the other side of it because it makes no sense but it could be you it could be your brother it could be your dad you know so uh it's really sad it's unfortunate that things like that happen specifically to african-american people um and you know, it's just like, when will it stop? We don't know. So uh, it's really disheartening. And it's hard when you see things like that. It's it's really unfortunate because it paints a lot of the... It paints a lot of cops in such a really negative light. Like, I know some really good, outstanding cops that do right, that do what they're supposed to do, obey the law. But you see a lot of bad cops out there. And it really just overshadows all the all the good. And I feel like it just... The, we, we see it all the time with Eric Gardner and all the other things that happen. Like, we're wondering, when is it, when is it gonna stop where we're, we're, we're video recording and all this happening? We had we had the Amir Bryant situation happen not that long ago. Like, like we're wondering, when is this gonna stop? Like, why, why is it that it's always like, it's video, it's all, someone's always recording this and it happens to be an African-American person and it just, it, it's it's wrong. Why is it? It, it feels like you know it's targeted against people of color for no reason. I don't want to paint that like in a bad light, but it, that's what it kind of seems like from all things that we've been seeing. I mean, it's not painting it in a bad light. It is what it is. We Americans are targeted, I believe, because what it, do we see? Vice versa, no. Uh, I don't think we see the tables turn. We don't see videos of, you know, white women, men pinned down to the ground saying that they can't breathe. So I believe that, yeah, African-Americans are targeted. And it's not, um, you know, a a false statement for you to say that or to say it seems as though it is the truth. African-Americans are targeted. And, you know, you have to tread lightly you have to be careful you can be minding your business if something like that happens to you so uh like i said it's just sad and it's hard in america because as a woman i aspire to one day have kids not anytime soon but you know you you'll be fearful to have a son with stuff like this that goes on for people who do have children because you know you got to watch yourself running or walking down the street is it's unfortunate and it's really sad when most of the time, African-Americans are just minding their own business. So it really comes down to the fact that, like, we have to always watch our back, but hold ourselves to a higher standard in retrospect to begin with. And, you know, do our best to not even put ourselves in predicaments where we look suspicious, where we doing something that we have no business doing, quote unquote, like the, we have to strive for excellence and perfection. 
I think they they always, like you said, always strive for excellence. I think that's key because we in the F, in the black community, we always or we the one we always try to like instead of like put like building each other up. Sometimes we put each other down, and I think that's a issue that should be addressed. That but in situations like this, it's just you you see it you see it too often, and it's kind of uncomfortable. And it's it's. I, I shouldn't have to have to wake up and instead of like talking about good things, I don't. I hate leading off with, well, another black person got killed, another black person was was hunted down, another black like it's it's it shouldn't have to be like that. And I feel like it's not just us that need to say something. I think other people of color and race, especially white folks, have to say something to the other white folks that are doing this because I always feel like black folks knows what's up with because. Tell me if you agree. I always say black folks knows what's wrong with black folks. Like black in the black movie, we know what's going on. We know the the hurdles and the things that we've had. We've come a long way. We still have a long way to go. I feel like white folks need to understand where we're coming from and what we need to be, what we're kind of asking for. As sense of we want to be on an equal playing field and be treated as such that being treated others. What do you say to that? I say. It depends on your background. As an African American, do you know like what other African Americans endured? Like some of us are more privileged than others, which is fine. Then there's some people who really live in those rough situations, trap, the gutter, whatever you want to call it. And those people, they live and they breathe that every single day. Like those people who I am privileged. My parents work very, very hard. I live in a nice place and they have paved the way for me. So I know how to act. I know how to go about doing things. And that's not the case for everybody. Uh, people can say that they know our history and stuff like that, or, you know, other African Americans, or they can relate to, you know, certain situations. And you relate because that person is the same skin color as you, but does it go further than skin deep? And I don't think everybody has that clear understanding of that because we aren't necessarily educated on it in school we're talking about you know we're doing multiplication and math and all this other stuff that you don't use when you graduate but you know where is the real life stuff and i think that would be a place to start is in the classroom where you have kids from the time that they're you know adolescents all the way to they're getting older what are we really learning here and i feel as though as far as um white people speaking out, Caucasian people, yeah, they could do a better job of that. But we see it on Twitter and Instagram and social media where some people will say stuff. But it's the bigger places where their voices need to be heard more. Like, social media is not going to make it up to President Trump where he needs to make an address, like, what is going on? That's when stuff gets real. And I don't think we have enough of that. And so um, I would say, yes, both parties speak out about it do i say it's enough no and is it reaching the places where it's really going to hit home no and you talk about the place that needs to be home and both of us i can say about privilege because you know my family too work hard and i know how to act and know how to be respectful and have a good job so we're both lucky to be privileged where we know how to act accordingly i think to hit home i think you need to go into places like you said in communities that unfortunately don't have the don't have the uh ability to to understand like some of these lower in communities that really needs that that would hit home more than 
than suburban areas because if you're in if you're if you're an African American in suburban areas you probably won't be thinking like that as much because you know you're fine you 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 have a good family you know how to write from wrong but I feel like if if you hit places in 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 rough I would say rough neighborhoods but neighborhoods that are not as unfortunate where black folks don't have the privilege to like understand or know what's right and try to tell them like you know try to help them and help them be more educated i think that would be more appropriate i think those places need to hit home and once you hit that into high ups into like president trump and stuff i think that to me is more i think that's when you'll start to see some progress because those communities they really need to be understanding what's going on in the world what do you say to that well it's it's just like um I feel you and I feel for you. I feel for, because I'm African American, I feel for the things that are going on. But because I haven't directly been through it, I have never, you know, been called out of my name by a person of color. I've never been beaten. I've never been hit. You know, any of those types of things. So I can feel it on the outside. I can feel it through. I'm sick and tired of seeing the videos and the posts. But I don't live it every single day. And most people don't. And that's why it's not going to get through to anybody and I think that's why it continues to happen and then you know the consequences aren't severe when police do do stuff like that what you lose your job but you didn't lose your life but you took somebody else's so you know does it really hit home and if another police officer sees that happen oh I'll probably get off you know what I mean we'll we'll take this thing to trial and I'm not going to go to jail I'm just going to lose my job and I'm going to just be you know walking free while another person's in the grave that is really the difference if you if something happens over and over again and it's the same result who cares you know what i mean so yeah it's a it's a triple effect like um i'm a a white person and okay yes i I kill an african-american who wasn't doing anything but if my mindset is already i'm good you have no sympathy for what you just did you know what I mean? Like, because if you had sympathy, it would have never escalated to that point. And in retrospect, is what I'm saying is when you see an African American video where he's telling them, "Stop, I can't breathe." But if we were to see a white person and that is happening to happening to them, I'm sorry, I, I gotta be blunt. All hell would break loose because the white wouldn't be happening at all. So, I mean, if you if we we're being quite frank, I, I think they would try to you know blow us up our race that is so yeah it, it is a race thing it's it'll be it, it, it's crazy because um when um we're talking like talking about these issues and and it's these these things are more as like like you said i've also never been called out of out of name by anybody or been choked or i've never had any of these situations happen to me so but i do yeah, feel and, you know what, and the thing is like as an african-american man it hasn't happened but it could happen and and that's the you know the fine line like a, a perfectly good civilian could be chilling minding their business and something like this can happen but you have no track record of wrong you're privileged you're raised in the right area and that's the scary part about being an african-american living in today's world thinking like you know i could potentially have children growing up in in this i found this on the web yeah oh. <laughs> siri's been listening to my conversation <laughs> <laughs> I think siri, funny. well you know what's funny at least siri i think siri knows the seriousness of what's been going on because right. 
situations where she was set back or judged because she's african-american and a part of the system but at the same time i've been raised with privilege and knowing yeah you know what i mean so everybody's uh situation is just different you know what i mean another comment on right from wrong it seems like both worlds and people in that type of position don't know wtf to do and yeah it's uh (laughs) it's i try not to curse but yeah it's uh it's 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 something that is really it's hard because I I have I have Caucasian friends and I have I have friends from all different black worlds and you know and then we and it's crazy because it's like we can all be like it, it's crazy we can all be chilling kicking and having a good time it reminds me of that situation that happened in Central Park you know because you know I'm in you know from New York and that happened at Central Park but that white lady called 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 the cops on the black guy because the, all the black guy asked her was can you put your dog on the leash because he didn't feel comfortable and all of a sudden you know <laughs> she called the cops on him <laughs> luckily nothing happened but it's just it is crazy it, it, it's crazy what's what's going on and i just i feel i feel like the only way for change to happen is if you have to you, both sides have to see that something is wrong punishment yeah, punishment. Real punishment. If yeah. if something happens where an African American or you know one of these cops actually go down, the next person might think twice because they don't. They have families too. They don't want to spend their life in jail. So maybe if they we see some real punishment, you know, there there'll be some type of change. But you know, you go to court and you lose your job and you get off. Okay, so on to the next. Let me call up such and such and maybe I can get a job at this next place. You know what I mean? And I don't think people think that or understand that there, there's no real accountability being held. So you put the man on trial and we know his name out in the open. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what is that really going to do for him? His family might be threatened. Well, you know, you shouldn't have put yourself in that position in the first place. I think proper handling of people who are humans african-americans like it just needs to be held right there's no reason to be killing people you know put them in jail if you feel as though he did something wrong but you know that's that's kind of my stance on it and honest and honestly i think that's the most important thing and you know my buddy says the union has to stand down but they probably won't they probably won't more likely lose their job or time off without paying see a shrink and pay money. And another comment, honestly, violence may not be the answer, but but the way it's working right now, since our revolution got to start, I'm about to put my Malcolm X glasses on. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not for the violence. I think that, um, I really think that violence doesn't really solve anything. I do feel like there has, there has to be accountability. And they really have to, they really have to understand that it's not just white folks, it's cops in general. Like you have to put, you have to help hold people accountable for your actions. And it's like you said, well, if you, but, but, but let's be honest, these are only the things that we see. 
there's so much more that probably goes on that just doesn't make it to social media. Think about the case, um, the young man who was running. That happened back in February. We didn't get footage of that until like two weeks ago. You know what I mean? So it's just the things that we see that happen. You know, um, and, and the people who go through stuff that doesn't make it to the web, to social media, just everyday life. Like, it, it is life. Things happen. People are, are treated so wrong. Yeah, I, I totally I, I totally agree. And I think the, the worst actions are the, people, are the things that, you're right, that don't get caught on camera. And I think those need to be addressed more. And, like, like accountability has to be held. And I really do feel like that's that's a step. But there has to be so much more than that. And I think that's, you know, it's it's just the fact that the conversation has to start. And I've always been a proponent of nonviolence because I feel like violence with violence just leads to more violence and then nothing's going to get caused and everyone's just going to be hurting each other. Where absolutely the most important thing is that starts with the conversation and holding people accountable. Not just what you see on camera, but goes outside of what we see through social media and Instagram and all that, you have to hold people accountable for your actions, and and, and that's that's a start. And like you said, like the, the cop that killed killed George Floyd, he should be he should be he should be in jail for murder because what he did was murder. That's that is murder. He, you heard him saying, "I." But it's like we, we yeah, it's like we know that. So why do you let's. Like I said, reverse the roles, and this is not being racist, but this is being real. If it was a black cop who killed a white man like that, I bet you he would have been in jail. Like, no questions asked. And it's just role reversal. And But what can I say? People have been like this all of our lives. Like, you know, we... Like I said, we're not directly affected, but our ancestors are affected by this. Um, you know, parents are affected by this. Like my grandma, uh, she's in her 70s and she got, <laughs> you know, posed for, for being who she is. Like she lived through segregation. So it's, it's nothing new. It's just, it's marketed, it's known. So unfortunately being African-American, it's hard. It, it really is. And um, like I said, I, I have sympathy for everything that goes on. I feel for it. And I'm just fortunate that I haven't ran into situations like that. And I'm fortunate that my brothers or, you know, in modern day, like my dad or people that I care about haven't ran into situations like that. Because that's when it really starts to hit home for people is when, you know, it's like kind of like the coronavirus, like, um, Everybody doesn't care about it until your mama or your daddy get it, and they want to tweet everything about the coronavirus. You didn't care about it a little while ago because you was out here running around with your mask and you know your gloves on. So they have relations with. And it's great. Well, it affected me primarily because of the fact that my father unfortunately had that. So it affected me a lot. So I, 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 I was. I've experienced that, and, I've, and I tried to make sure that my family is safe. But you know, unfortunately, like this, like this, like what happened, and it, it go, goes directly to your bigger point. People don't seem to care until it affects them, and I don't, and I think that's wrong. It shouldn't. Be, it shouldn't be. Well, you know, 
I'm this, so it don't affect me, so whatever. No, it, it should not, that should not be the case. It should be that you should be, people have to be more empathetic of what's going on, not just with this, you know, like what happened with George Floyd and all of these, but the thing, but worldviews, like I see people until it affects them and then you're like, oh my God, it's a big thing. I, I guarantee you if, um, if this not affecting more other people more, then you're going to see then you're gonna see more people start to care more. And I think that's, as great as that would be to start people to get, have the, have the conversation that we're talking, that needs to be more, not just conversation, but actions be put in place to what we can do so these things don't happen. Not just what is recorded, but what is there to do so we can prevent these things from happening. And that's the bigger issue, what's going on, is making sure things like this do not happen. Because unfortunately, these things happen quite often, and and there's a lot of things that that does not get on camera. And I really think that this needs to be addressed by all folks, not just us in the African American community. Yeah, I mean that's that's the icing on the cake for like we can care about it, we can say we can care about it, we can tweet about it, but some things are really beyond us. Like you can't tell. You, you can tell a cop not to, you know, kill an African-American. But at the end of the day, what is one person's voice going to do? We can we can say it, we can want it, we can pray for it. But when it comes to that moment and they have to cheat, teach, like, and have their own actions, that has nothing to do with us. That's the way, personally, I believe you are raised. Like, you know, you, you're going to put yourself in a position to kill a man who's saying he can't breathe. Well, all you got to do just take your foot off his neck, put him up, put the cuffs on him, put him in a van, send him off. It's as simple as that, you know what I'm saying? So we can speak out, we can have voices. The people, um, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, we can repost all these things because we do it every time something happens. But it's really just a toll to wait for the next thing to happen. So, yeah, conversation is good. It's great to know that other people are sympathetic over these things. But it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me and you speaking on the screen. Our voices, yes, can be heard to the people who are watching our live. But it, it goes to a point where it's like, can President Trump address something and show some sympathy instead of tweeting about, you know, stuff that doesn't matter or Chick-fil-A or something like that, you know, like that's when it gets real. NAACP, who does a great job with stuff like this, but can they continue to, you know, have um, not riots, but peaceful protests and stuff like that, but it seems as though when we do peacefully protest and all that other stuff you know where we're shot down or getting hit with rubber pellets and stuff like that so it's it's a fine line i feel like a lot of people do do their job instances when stuff like this happens but it's our individuals going to be receptive to what is being done and trying to be done to make situations better but a lot of you know when i see those videos i'm like that individual was just pure evil and i i that's just how I feel about it. Like you're, you're pure evil. I agree, and there are a lot of things that are, there are a lot of things that are bigger than us, and it's and and like and like Dara says, it's bigger. This this these things are way bigger than me and you talking and people viewing and listening to like my show, your show. It is, it's just, it is way. 
this this has this has to be addressed worldwide. And another comment, I felt like I was in Minnesota being murdered the whole day and ruined seeing a man killed on camera. I don't know what to do aside for the police. <sighs> That's a tough comment because again, I have I have friends that work in police force. So it you, you do I, I refuse to believe that every single uh, I will not believe every single cop is evil because no cops are evil. I think people performing those acts, those specific cops that did that are bad. They're really bad. And I've been saying consistently, stop washing, washing away the bad cops. So stop washing away the good cops because the bad cops are bad. But I will say is the good cops need to be having to be a better have to have a better control of stopping the bad cops from those things happening i think again it goes back to what we've been saying I think, before yeah accountability it is yeah it's, it's everybody is their self individual like you know there's not going to be a thousand bad people in the world there's not you know a trillion good people in the world like you know and, and people react to bad certain situations um you know when it's tough for them or they don't know how to react and you would think when cops see all this other stuff happen like they would be the ones who want to be difference makers and be like i'm not gonna kill a black man today you know and and that's the problem so no i don't think all police are bad but i do think that um you probably can't fill out the good for bad on an everyday basis because stuff like that doesn't have doesn't happen on an everyday basis where you have to make a decision am i gonna make let this man live or not you know what i mean so it's not like a um i'm gonna put this cop into a bad category and i'm gonna put this one into a good category stuff happens and then that's when you really see true colors is when things hit the fan and you like you know what decision is this man gonna make or you know what is the cops doing that it's not just one um you know that one cop killing a person typically on a scene it's usually a crew so what are the other people doing around because they're just as guilty as the individual who decided that i was going to take this man's life single-handedly what did they do to digress the situation to make it stop and that's the problem so no i'm not going to say all cops are bad i don't believe that i'm not going to say all of them are good i think they need to work better as a union to make situations happen and to uh, be better when stuff like that happens. So, you know, that's that's really my take on it. Um, I think that the teamwork is not cohesive. And I think that um, when situations like that arise, it, you have a, a buddy with you for a purpose. You mean, you mean to tell me that two cops can't handle something in a professional in, in which you were taught, I'm pretty sure they're not taught to just kill you. Like, <laughs> I, I don't get that. I agree, and it's it's one of those things where it's like we'll we'll never know what is going to happen, will we? But change needs to happen, and again, it takes more than just it takes more than just other people talk about it. It takes a group, and it takes people to have this conversation, and then try to implement and actually do the change so these things don't happen because i'm more fearful of what happens what's not seen than what is and i think that's the most scary part i agree with that solely and it's probably a, a lot that we don't see which is the problem that's why i said i don't put these men and women in you know suits in these categories between good and bad it's it's really how they react in certain situations that yeah. have proved to be not that great.
Ooh, this is going to be a tough transition, but I'm a professional, so I'm going to do it. So I know you have your own podcast. So what, um, what, what, um, what got you into, what got you into, um, sports in the first place? Because I know that you have your own, I know you have your own podcast. So what, um, what, what, um, what got you into, what got you into, um, sports in the first place because i know that you have your own podcast so what got you into um sports um well i played basketball ever since i was a little kid i played division one basketball at sacred heart university in fairfield connecticut um and so i knew when my time was done playing in college that i wanted to be around sports and to stick around sports and uh kind of make that my thing and so i, I chose to and growing up, what was your favorite sport playing? Um, just basketball. You know, I wasn't too great at all the other sports. I tried like volleyball. I tried like um, I did like ice skating and stuff like ice that. Like, my parents could just the yeah, like little stuff like that. But um, yeah, basketball was, was like my love, like my one true love. And now, now I see that you're writing with um. That you cover Liberty, you write, you write for the Liberty. So how, how did that happen? Yeah, so I was game night staff for the New York Liberty. And that was um, two years ago. So I was getting my master's degree at Sacred Heart. And um, my friend, Aja, she, well, I guess at the time, we were my really close friends. She was like my boss or whatever. We're really good friends now. She was leaving Sacred Heart. And she was taking a job as a communications um, she ran like all the stuff for the New York Liberty. She asked me, uh, would I like to be in my staff and like learn things and like, you know, um, write for the website a little bit and stuff like that. And she just, uh, kind of taught me as I went. So I transitioned into, um, learning about the WNBA and stuff like that and working in my staff. And yeah, so that was my first taste of working with the WNBA. Do you like do you do you like the WNBA? Do you see and you see um, what's the difference in seeing the WNBA compared to the men's game? Like, what's the difference that you see? Are we are we talking about skill set or skill are we set? Talking more, about- it's more skill set. Not we're not talking popularity. Yeah. It's more the skill set. Yeah. So skill set wise, I actually enjoy watching the WNBA more because they're so fundamentally sound. Like these women, they really put their all out there on the court, and I enjoy watching that. They play every game almost like it's a playoff game because they know that the stakes are high. They know that their season is shorter. They know that they have to do well in order to, you know, get into that playoff seating. So I really enjoy um, watching the WBA for that reason. And Okay, Miles. Miles says a master's degree must be nice. <laughs> I got my master's degree my um I got my master's degree my senior year. I mean, I just I just started to jump on the bandwagon only because Sabrina got drafted, so I'm I'm, I'm fully in. Oh, so you're you're not even really on the bandwagon yet because their season hasn't started. Listen. No, but when the season starts, let's like, listen. I would say, like, I do watch Liberty, but I wouldn't call myself an actual, like, oh, my God, I'm a diehard fan. I'm going to watch every single game. Like, I'm, I'm a casual fan, but now I'm just going to be jumping all in. Like, I, I'm a Knicks fan, always have, always will. But the Knicks have done what they always done is be terrible, miserable, mismanaged, and always a laughing stock of the league. And I feel like once James Dolan sold 
the Liberty, and now they're owned by, I think, the Nets owner. I can't pronounce his name, but... Um, yeah, I, now, I know what you're talking about. And now they're in Brooklyn. I feel like this is a new direction for them. And, so, and from what's for the highlights of Sabrina, she, she seems like she got... She's going to help take the WNBA to the next step. So could that be a possibility for Liberty? Because they've been falling on some hard times. So what I'll say about this is the WNBA period is is nice. Like, you know, Sabrina, she I feel like she's going to do great things for the Liberty. But, like, don't knock the rest of the league in the process. Like, the league itself is nice. Like, um, Diana Sarazi, a bucket. Like, uh, you got players, like... Uh, Elena Deladon, Emma Miesemann, like, you know, all these great names throughout the league. Like, WNBA is, is really nice. Like, if you sit and you just watch the games and the flow, and they're so, like I said, fundamentally sound. They play with a lot of passion and heart. They be out there cussing each other out. Like, it's just like some, <laughs> No, but seriously, it's like some real bump. And, like, you really enjoy that about the game, that they take it so seriously, like, night in and night out because they know that the, the stakes are high. And they know that they have something to prove with their league. And they, they don't take it for granted is what I see through watching their games. So, um, as far as Sabrina, I believe Sabrina Nescu, yes, she's going to do amazing things for the New York Liberty. And they're in this stage, which is great, too. Uh, the league has to cut their teams down to 12 teams um, by yesterday. So, that happened already. I'm sorry, 12 players on the roster. So that happened. They did that yesterday. Boom. And so the Liberty out of um, the players that got drafted, it was um, the Liberty have six rookies out of 17 rookies in the league, period. So the Liberty are going to be super young. You know what I mean? And I'm excited to see that. I like the fact that, you know, they are choosing to. Really, if we're going to rebuild, like, let's just do it. And I think that would be beneficial to her success and the Liberty success going forward. And it's also great that they get to play at Barclays Center um, because playing at the – when I was getting my staff, they had, like, two games at the Garden that oh, we went to. And then um, the rest of their games was, like, at Chester County Center. And that was, like, built like a – like an opera theater. It was like disrespectful. <laughs> the Westchester County Center? <laughs> we talk about the Yeah, Western. I mean, it's built like a, it's, it's built like an opera house. Like the seats and everything. Like it had a stage in the back. Yeah, I like, saw. It was like, yeah, it's like the hoops and then it's like a stage. And like, don't get me wrong, they use the space like in a nice way. But like, do you want to be a WBA team? playing somewhere like that like I, I i think they deserved a little bit more respect and i'm kind of glad that james dolan sold the team and now they're going to be playing at barclays and they and they deserve it because now um the hockey team the islanders are, are leaving the barclays and they're going to be in their own arena and now they're going to be sharing the arena with the brooklyn nets um it's going to be really cool like i think and i saw like the designs and i feel like going to brooklyn kind of gives like the team a facelift it gives like a team like a certain like new vibe to them, so it'll be like very. Yeah, the garden is not the easiest place to get to, like because before they went to Westchester, you know they was playing in the garden, and that's just yeah. might not be convenient for everybody. But I, I definitely think Barclays is that's a that's a good. Oh, oh, it's convenient for me. I mean, listen, you know, li- li- living in Jersey, all all you know, living in Jersey for a lot before up in New York, all you do is just you take the train to Secaucus Junction. 
And then from there, you go to pen the gardens right there. I don't see what the problem was getting to the garden for. It's a very easy commute. I think going to Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, they had, they had a huge, they had a big fan base. They, I don't think they should have took them out of there in the first place. Like, yeah, they, they definitely have a big fan place. They do. And I really think, though, oh, Jorge, he performed there. Good looks, bro. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I do like the garden. The garden is one of the more... Um, it's when you look when you, when you go into Madison Square Garden, it's the history, the venue. Um, you know, it is. It's something that is like very, very um, cool to watch, and it's just. But you know, Brooklyn, like Barclays is not terrible. I've been to the Barclays Center before. It, it's not. I'll tell you this: it's not a place for hockey. It is not. They they, they tried to put that for hockey. Like, nah, that 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 no, nah, bro. It, it, it's not. It's not built for hockey. It is. It, it no. Like half, like half of the half of the seats were like cut off, and the ice was uneven. Like, nah. But a, another I'm question. Like, I'm about to read this. Why? Why is it who on leak fits? What are you asking about? But uh, anyway. But but um, what I wanna what I wanna stick stick with the liberty is that were you surprised that they traded Tina Charles? Because I, I was a little bit surprised. Honestly, I really was surprised because I I was like, ooh, Sabrina and Tina Charles are about to see that, that's a nice look for her. And uh, thanks, I got a little bit of drip, but um, <laughs> big drip, but um, just a little bit. But um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought messing oh. around. But um, yeah, so. Tina Charles, sorry. Tina yeah, Charles, yeah, we're talking about yeah. Tina Charles. But we know Tina Charles, she's done it all as far as accolades, but won a championship. So I felt as though, and she's with her favorite coach, like, uh, you know, um, going to the Mystics now. So I feel as though it's, it's a really good fit for her. And if, like I said, the Liberty are going to do this thing where they're going to rebuild, then, you know, let's do it. And I feel like Tina Charles being on that team that is severely young, you know, she was going to be the big dog, and she just did that the past two seasons, getting triple team. Sorry about that. My phone was all up. But, yeah, she's, like, she's over that stage, you know. I think she'll be good being around other vets, going on a team that just came off of the championship, knowing um, that she's going to work and, she knows what she's going to be playing for. And don't get me wrong, I feel as though, you know, she gave it her all with the Liberty and saying that I am going to try to win a championship. But it just wasn't realistic with the squad that she had around her. That's true. And it's, uh, but um, but now that she's on the Mystic now, I think she has a good chance. I mean, they, they just won the chip last year. Are they one of the favorites to win it all again this year? Yeah. For sure. I think, um, it, well, it's honestly, looking at these rosters, there's a couple teams that can do some damage. Like, I'm liking the Atlanta Dreams roster right now. And they're looking very tough. I like, um, of course, Vegas again. Like, Vegas, they're another team who they can really lose people, only get better. You got Liz Cambage, a monster. But the Mystics, I think they have a complete team. And what I love about the Mystics, too, is their bench has already bought it. Like, their bench knows what's up. They know that anything can happen, and they kind of have that next man up mentality. Like, if somebody goes down, deadly. 
Um, so I definitely think the Mystics will be contenders once again. But I also like the shape of the league and how balanced it is now with um, Skylar Diggins. She's in Phoenix now. You have um, Courtney Williams, who was with the Connecticut Sun, and now she's in Atlanta. Shakina, uh, Shakina Strickland, she was with the Connecticut Sun. She can, you know, shoot the lights out. She's now with Atlanta, too, and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot of teams that... I, I think it's pretty balanced this year if we, if we talk about like who could win. And it's funny because I had I had um I, I had Renee on the other day and she's one and tonight and I was talking to her and she told me that because um, I asked her about which team could dis- disappoint it could be she said it could be the Connecticut Sun could could the Sun after coming off um a heart I, I wouldn't loss, be surprised yeah you wouldn't be surprised either because she said the exact same thing. I mean, you, but they, they lost their some of their core pieces. Like, Courtney Williams was running the show for them. Like, after one, like, pushing it, doing everything she has to do for this team, like, she's gone. You know, she was their little heartbeat. And not just the fact that she was hooping, but her energy that she brought to the team and stuff like that. So, I, I kind of wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But I definitely... You know, like I said, the, the Mystics, they're, come on now, you just added Tina Charles, and then we're thinking about they added Tina Charles, and, like, their bench play, their, their bench play really excites me, because their bench know what the heck they have to do. There's not anybody, I think, who's on that Mystics team who is has that, woe is me, I should be starting mentality, nah, none of that. They all know the common goal, and they, they go out there and play. Now, what would you consider to be a good season for the Liberty? Like, we, we talked about this before. They're rebuilding. So, assume, I would, I'm going to assume that the season's going to start because you've seen all the other leagues. They're, they're, they're trying to start their, their season. Um, the NBA is trying to finish their season. Um, football looks like they're going to be on time. Baseball is trying to get their season up. The NHL looks like they're going to start their season. What would, be, what would you call a good season for the Liberty? Going above five hundred. Going above five hundred. So a losing season is is enough. I mean, no, they just came off of two losing seasons. Like, are you you're either going to get better or not? Like, I don't care if you're rebuilding, but the fact of the matter is, can they go above five hundred? I don't see. Honestly, a good season is winning a championship. That, that's yeah. what I mean. But if we're being realistic, like. You're doing the whole rebuilding stage, um, accolades aside, like for individual goals. But as a team, will they be able to compete at a level where they can go 500 or better? Question. That's a good season. I agree. Um, another question is, um, I'm sorry, have you seen The Last Dance, right? Yes, I saw The Last Dance. So the debate never stops between Jordan, between Jordan and LeBron. The, the debate of who's the goal. Who's the greatest? Watching the last dance, who do, who who do you is the greatest basketball player? To me, that's tough. Um, big Kobe fan, so if I had to say Kobe or LeBron to me, or Jordan, I'm, I'm saying Kobe, but it's because I grew up on Kobe, like, you Damn. know, I watched Damn. all the games like that, like, that's who I grew up being a fan of personally, but if we're going off of just, like, pure from what we've seen behind the scenes, like, work ethic, determination, getting after it, like, being 
like a stone cold winner by all means, like I'm gonna say Jordan because he demanded success. I agree. Growing up, um, to me, you're talking about Jordan being the goat. I think it's a generation thing because when when I was born, um, fun fact, um, when I saw Jordan, it was not when he was with the Bulls. It was it was when he was with the um, he's with the Wizards, and Kobe to me was the closest thing that I've seen to Jordan as far as like. You know, Kobe's will to win, the way that he would take over the games, his work ethic. Like Kobe, if Kobe to me was was my Michael Jordan, I think it's a generation thing. I think Le- LeBron reminds me of Magic Johnson, like big, strong guy, gets his teammates involved. Um, I do like the fact that he's involved. Um, you know, he speaks his mind, and that's all well and good. But I think, like to me, like. Kobe is my goat, but I would put Jordan to me as the greatest basketball player. But my personal goat happens to be Kobe, and you know, and another goat that people seem to not talk about. Big shout out to Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan to me is the most underrated, her underrated player of I think of our generation because you look at Tim Duncan, you look at the accolades, you look at the five championships. The big fundamental, like I really think that um, Duncan is another person that doesn't get talked about, and Dirk, another guy that does not get talked about. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree with both of those, and I think like you know, going back and watching interviews now, like one of my favorite podcasts watches like All Smoke and Knucklehead. Um, like, that's something that's like, uh, you know or important to like those guys as individuals like you you don't gotta be talked about a whole lot but dudes who played against you or people who talk about you like at your post career like they know how you were it doesn't matter if the critics are really speaking if on a night in and night out basis like somebody leaves that floor and they had to speak about a player like they're gonna more than likely be talking about Dirk, Tim Duncan or whatever or the performances in which they evoked or had so I wouldn't say they're underrated to us I mean I would say that they are underrated to us but the people who played against them like they know what's up with them play, oh, uh, play, players players recognize yeah, and again yeah like real recognize real they, they, they knew what was up that's the one really all there is good the one I didn't like that LeBron did so obviously LeBron came back on 3-1 they beat Cleveland. He called himself the GOAT. And I and that turned me off the wrong way because you should never call yourself the GOAT. You let your peers do it for you. That did turn me off. But if you ask Kobe who the GOAT is, he would obviously say himself. So, like, Kobe would always have this conversation where, like, who's the GOAT? He will tell you, well, I'm the best. He, he would always say that. And what do you think about that? I, I mean, that's what you gotta love. Like, Mama mentality. That's what you have to love about him. Like, my thing is, I feel like if you ask that to Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe, like they're gonna say themselves because that's what great players do. That's what people of their caliber and stature do. So, I don't think it's like a no offense. I'm not knocking anybody else's thing, but it's like, shoot, I work too. I'm the best. Like, you know, and that's cool. Can, can the Knicks ever be relevant? <laughs> it, it hurts me because I'm a Knicks fan. And, and, you know, like, I, I like basketball, like, but to see the Knicks 
be the next and do next things. Like, they hired Leon Rose, they're interviewing Tom Thibodeau, they're interviewing Kenny Atkinson. Like, what will it take for the Knicks to be in the right direction? Because I, I think the Liberty are in a, heading in a way better direction than the Knicks are because it's just like the Liberty have a plan and they're sticking to it. Well, the Knicks is like, their plan changes every every two years. All right, we're, we're, we're going to be rebuilding. We're going to be win now. We're going to help develop the young. Like, what, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, just just like you said, when they get a plan and they, you know, have their mindset on what they actually want to do, perhaps they could be relevant or get some type of messiah to come and change the relevancy of this team or get, you know, a really good draft pick, like, other than that. You know, you don't hear people really say, like, yeah, I want to go to the Knicks. You don't hear that, so. I mean, Durant even said the Knicks aren't cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like... As a Knicks fan, I feel like, well, I do like, they have good pieces. I like R.J. Barrett. I think Mitchell Robinson is good. They, I think the Knicks' problem is just they, they have a bad job at developing their players. They haven't, like, they haven't developed the young players that they said they would do. So I think therein lies the problem. I think, and you have to hire a coach. Now, Kenny Atkinson's available. I think, I think from the Knicks, I'd go in that direction. He did a good job. He did a great job in Brooklyn. He turned D'Angelo Russell's career around, so why not that? Uh, I don't think that's a bad move at all either. I think, you know, it, it goes far beyond that. It's like, you know, what is your GM and stuff thinking manager is going to do and stuff like that. So I think it's far beyond what we could even, you know, fathom what goes on there clearly because they haven't been good in so long. Um, but I, I think they'll have to make some changes pretty quickly if they want to be relevant anytime soon that is uh another thing is um uh, uh, um the it's kevin kevin more kevin durant and Kyrie. they're in brooklyn right now you know um kd and Kyrie, when healthy are two of the top five players in the league and i think no one can dispute that but my question is could could they work together because they never played with each other could they actually work together can, can Brooklyn bring an NBA championship to New York? Um, I Well, to answer your question first, could they work together? Yes, I think they'll be fine because they like one another. And um, KD, you know, spoke about, like, how they have a prior relationship, which is important, like, to have that buddy who can, like, talk to you when things get crazy and stuff like that and um, be, like, a... Uh, helpful to you. Do I think just those two together could win a championship? No, but don't get me wrong. Kyrie is nasty, and so is Kevin Durant, but I think they'll need just another piece um, to be able to do so, and I think, you know, they'll be well on their way to doing some great things. I agree. Um, and, and If Kevin Durant heals properly and stuff like that, like, you know, let's not disregard the fact that he went through that major injury. Yeah. Um, that is a big key. And last, the last question, um, if assuming the NBA season um, resumes and they end up, uh, they end up playing, you know, their, whatever format they want to do with their regular season, um, can LeBron win a championship this year? Oh yeah, yes, he can. I don't, I don't see why not. Yes. He's still been, like, you see through his Insta videos, everything's not posted online, but from what we see, like, he still looks in great shape. He has, you know, the tools that he needs at home to continue to work out. I'm pretty sure teammates are getting it in and stuff like that, too. 
I don't put it past the Lakers to be able to, you know, bring one home. I agree. I think um this I think at the Lakers I think this is the proper opportunity for the Lakers to get it done, especially uh, for Kobe and for what's going on. Uh, I think like if there's any chance, this would be it. But as always, um, but as always, um, thank you again for coming on. I know these, they are, like these these conversations we had, they were needed. And I feel like hopefully um, people can hear what we're talking about, and hopefully actions can be done so that these things don't happen and good talking basketball with you keep doing what you're doing keep keep representing and always thank you for coming on i really do appreciate it thank you so much for having me i appreciate you too and i pray that you continue to do your game stay safe likewise man take it easy all right you too hey buddy so so far we've had a couple of podcasts where they really weren't about sports um, but this one will be the first one where it's fully, fully not sports related. Um, after I say my piece, I'm basically going to give you the steering wheel because you can speak on all this more than I can. And hopefully our guests will be able to chime in and tell their feelings and etc. So obviously guys, in case you don't know, I'm white. Um... I'm going to start by saying this. I will never know, never know what it feels like for you guys to be going through what you're doing. I, I walk the streets. I've never been assaulted. I've never been stopped and frisked. I most likely will go the rest of my life with never of any of that happening to me. When I leave my house, I'm never in fear of me being killed for not doing anything wrong. So I cannot relate at all. But we have to come together and help the cause. Um, whether it's doing rallies or petitions or nonstop talking about it on social media. Uh, so... And for people who want to say all cops are bad or, or all whites are racist, it's just not true. I understand why you think like that, but it's just not true. Um, and too many people have been dead by cops. You know, a video that was made maybe three weeks ago recirculated today. But, you know, some white guy was basically waving around an axe in front of a cop and nothing has happened. So someone said if this situation was reversed and it was a black man waving the axe, would, would, would he have been shot? I guess after what happened yesterday, I'm going to say yes, he would have been killed or, or at least shot. Um, and that's where it has to be wrong. Now... In situations like this, more likely than not, the cop who killed that man yesterday will most likely still be able to be a cop. He may go a month or a couple of weeks without pay. He may have to go see a shrink. He may have to pay some money. But 
more likely than not, he's not going to lose his job. Um, some some people say lo- losing his job isn't good enough. Some say he, he should have to go to jail in regular population and whatever happens from there happens from there. And, may- and maybe that's all true. But, but in reality, most likely all that is not going to happen. And that's going to outrage people. And eventually, they're going to police themselves, right? And that's what we do not want. We do not want minorities taking things into their own hands. Blacks, Hispanics, etc., etc., etc. We don't want that, right? Because then eventually, more it's just going to lead more people to be killed. And... It, even though some people say all lives are equal, some may choose not to believe that. I I choose to believe that. I always say, F race, we are all people. And that offends a lot of people. Um, I also think people shouldn't say all lives matter to people who are saying black lives matter. Because that's obviously going to get them upset. Um... But at the end of the day, we just have to be sensitive to this issue and know that these truly are innocent people that are dying. And this podcast will be with James's Instagram Live with the amazing Tykara Carter. The reason why I did that, normally I wouldn't do that. But the first half hour was basically on yesterday's situation. So I figured... Why would I put that pod separate from this one? You know, so this way you'll be able to hear her views on it. And she is a very smart lady. And we just have to be open-minded and know that stuff like this has to, has to stop. And if it doesn't, which, which, hey, it's, it's probably not. More people are, we're all dying regardless, right? But. We shouldn't die for doing nothing wrong. Now, you may choose to run away from the cop and and think that's going to survive you, right? But guys, just listen, man. If you do that, they're going to suspect you're guilty of something. That's going to want to make them kill you more, right? And, and also, as cops, and, and, and last thing I'll say before I read the names, then James will take over after I read the names. But as cops... The gun should be the last thing you go to. The very last thing you go to. You should not use that gun till you feel your life is absolutely in risk. Not not think he has something. Not think he can kill you. That gun should only be pulled as a last resort. Meaning where talking cannot do anything. You got to talk first. If you watch any TV show... Whether it's FBI or FBI Most Wanted or any movie, right? When it's when whether it's someone robbing a bank or someone, when you see the hostage negotiation scene, they talk first before they send in SWAT, be be before they send people to try to get the you know bad guy away, and, and then you see them shoot. So you gotta talk first. If talking does not solve anything, you know what? If you have to go for the gun. Go for the gun. But don't shoot to kill. Don't don't choke to kill. Don't do anything to kill. 
all right? And me, obviously, I'm not a political guy. So at first, when I saw that picture of the cop putting his leg on, on, on this poor man, I truly thought it was a fake meme about Kaepernick. I, I had no idea what it was about because I try not to pay attention to this stuff. But I'm going to make an effort more, too, because I'll nonstop tweet about it. Not that, I, not that we have a huge following yet, but you know what? More people just got to talk. And here are the names of the poor gentleman, you know, that has died. Yesterday, George Floyd, of course. Yasin Mohammed. Finan H. Beer. Sean Reed. Stephen DeMarco Tyler. Ariana McCree. Terrence Franklin. Miles Hall. Darius Tavar. William Green. Samuel David Mallard. Kwame K.K. Jones, Devon Belly, Christopher Whitfield, Anthony Hill, Devon Bailey, Eric Logan, Jamarion Robinson, Gregory Hill Jr. And so far, all these guys I've seen are at least under 30, 30 years old. Jaquavion Slatton, or Slayton, I hope I read it right. Ryan Twyman. Brandon Weber, and that's the last. Um, there's there there's obviously several more, you know, from the guy in New York that I can't breathe to uh, Eric, uh, Eric Gardner, right? Eric Gardner, and and obviously the first name that ever really started this thing. For me, at least, was was Trayvon Martin. That was the very first time I ever heard of anything like this, and he was obviously seventeen at the time, eighteen at the time. Young young kid really had a whole life in front of him. When they did the six part series documentary, he was trying to become a pilot. You know, did did he have some wrong things in his life? Took some questionable pictures. Sure. Um. And, and my last very thing, I'll say this too. Don't be that person to say, I have to act like this because of my surroundings. No. Okay? I don't care if all your life you've seen gang activity, your loved ones coming in and out of jail, your brothers being around the corner. That doesn't mean you have to be a gangbanger. Okay? And just because one person lives in a rural neighborhood... Where no problems happen doesn't mean you have to turn into a gangbanger or be a good guy. Don't do that because honestly, that's corny. And you can choose your own life. We all have choices. And if all you've seen was bad, look for good. If all, if all you've seen was good, keep looking. I go ahead. Uh, oh man, this is such a uh, very. This kind of hits home with me. Uh, I mean, as a black male myself, I mean, seeing things like this happen 
quite often, and it's really disappointing. Look, um, I'm not political, obviously. This is not a political show, and I'll never, like Rosenberg, I'll never tip my hat into which side I lean as far as my political views. You'll never know. Only the people that know me best know where I lean, and I keep it that way. So we're not going to make this political. I just want to make everyone know that this is not a political show, and this is not going to be sounding anything involving politics nor about the president. That being said, this has to, when is it going to stop? Why, why is it that every time we see an African-American male, something happens with him, there's someone recording it, and what makes me more frustrated is not just the cop, that, 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 the bad cop that's doing it. What about the other cops on the field that are not preventing this bad cop from killing that guy? Like, that's not proper protocol. Now, as perfectly outlined by Nick, like, there are good cops out there. I have friends in law enforcement that are some of the nicest people you will ever meet. They do their job do as best as they can. They do get up, they do it within reason and the law, and they've never once told me that they've had to pull out the gun and kill people. They've never had to have once done that. So, just to preface my comments, there are good cops in the world. This is this has to stop. This like killing black men who are unarmed, who you know, who can't really defend themselves, this has to stop. These things have to stop being videoized and thinking that like, you know, people with camcorders can record this. Like, nah, like, what are you doing to prevent this from happening? And the cops that are getting off, that are, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you're just gonna get fired and you're going to paid leave. Like, what does that accomplish? Like, these bad cops have to be held accountable. You need to be held accountable for your actions. You can't just be like, oh, well, you know, well, you're gonna get tried and you know get to be in your family gets. Threatened. You know what? You like, like Tyree, when you see when you when you hear the interview that 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 Tyree Carter, I'm butchering her name. Please forgive me, but you Tyree Carter. Tyree Carter. Thank you. When you hear her her her. her but her, what she said, you'll understand that she and I feel the exact same way. We're having these discussions, we're having these conversations, and the fact of the matter is, is that we can talk, like, black folks, you know, black folks and black folks can talk about these things. And maybe some black folks that are not as, you know, privileged or have the ability, have not lived in good surrounding homes, like maybe they need to be talked about, but white folks need to understand some white folks need to like have more of, I would say, an empathy to know that like these things are not right. Now I've seen some posts by some white folks that that that, that are protective of us, that that therefore that are for us. Like for instance, like Ashley Fox, who we had on the show before on IG, that she was on IG Live and she sent me a message and saying that like you know you are love, you are a strong black man, I support you, like you are you know like. And I appreciate that. And those white folks, I truly, truly appreciate. Now, what I didn't appreciate, my other friend, Megan, who says that, like, you know, every single cop is bad and that white folks are inherently racist. Now, that's wrong. White folks are not racist. No one, no one is born of racism. I don't think anyone was born to be a racist. It's how you act. It's your upbringing and what you choose to be that makes you racist. 
this is a bad what's going on in this country is, is awful I do appreciate athletes like LeBron James and DeMarcus Lawrence and all of them standing up but I need to hear from people like Brady like Aaron Rodgers like I need to hear from those people like like I need to hear from people like them to step up and say something like that because it gets more voices be all heard if white folks have power you know say something like that so i need like you know i need some white folks to kind of weigh in and kind of like voice their displeasure too because it can't always be black folks because you understand black folks knows what's wrong with black folks black folks understand the inequalities that go that still go on that there are things that black folks still have to be equal playing field with so i understand but there's still a long way to go so you know like you know so i just really think though like so it's just really you know it's just really upsetting that that it's it has to come down. It has to come down to this. So I think that white. I really think that like white folks really need to understand that these things are not normal. These things should not, cannot, and will not be. Should not be normalized. We we, we shouldn't have to start a show every single day talking about another black person being killed, another black person being arrested, and talking about, well, you know, he had his hand and the cops killed him and unarmed. We, we, we shouldn't, have, this shouldn't be the norm. This should not be the normal. So that's the one thing, like, that is the one thing that really, really upsets me that this, this is normalized. I did like what President Trump treated. He said, at my request, the FBI and the, and the Department of Justice has already said, have already welcomed to the investigation as very sad and tried to get the missile of George Floyd. I have asked for this investigation to be expedited and greatly appreciated all the hard work done by local law enforcement. My heart goes out to George's family and friends. Justice will be served. So good God by President Trump. So I really think these cops need to be charged with murder, but you need to hold the cops accountable. That's the problem that's not been going on. And the cops have to be held accountable. If, if you think it's okay to innocently hurt a mom black person, that is not by law, because you have to do it within law. If it's not lawful, then you need to face severe consequences. So this will teach you that, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't be doing this type of stuff. And that's what's really frustrating. There's not accountability for the bad cops out there. And it gives the other bad cops thinking that it's okay. All I can do, I can get off scot-free. I can go to another like police force and call the day. No, 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 no. It is not okay. It is not right. You have to understand that these cops, the bad cops have to be held accountable. And there's nothing infuriating more of a bad cop getting away with it with good cops who are actually doing what they're supposed to do to protect us because a cop's law is to protect and serve the community, not to abuse power. So I just want to make emphasis as a black man, it's upsetting that these things still continue. This has to stop. We cannot open the show talking about black people who are dying on camera. And a good point made by, by Carter, which again, you'll hear, 
is that there are things that go on behind that are not being filmed that also worry me. What, what about all the other innocent black people that are getting killed that are not being shown on camera? Because we all react when things get shown on camera. Like, look what happened with the mere with with the mere Brown, with Ramir Bryant. He got killed in February, and it took us like a couple, a few weeks ago for video to research to surface. That shouldn't. That is that is really upsetting. So I really think that at the end of the day, that there something has to be whole held accountable. Cops have to be held accountable, and there has to be a conversation with white and black folks. This has to be talked about. Like, how can we, how can black folks be able to do the do and live in peace without having to worry about, am I going to die? That should not be. I shouldn't have to be like, well, am I going to die today or not? Like, I shouldn't have to go from Jersey to New York City to my work. Worrying that, well, is the, is the NYPD gonna, you know, gonna bust, bust, bust the cat in my head or not? I shouldn't have to worry about that. I, I should not have to worry about going to going to port, going to Port Authority or going down to New York Penn Station, wondering, well, shoot, I see a cop resting that black guy. Sure, am I? You know, when he got hurt, am I next? This shouldn't happen at all. So. Something needs to be done, something has to be done, and honestly, this needs to be, this has to be addressed. Um, big names of white people should speak up, but maybe the reason why they don't, and, and I'll say this because this is how I, how I feel most likely, is that maybe they feel it won't matter as much. Because some people may think they're doing this just for clout or they're doing this as a PC gesture. Because again, none of us, not me, not Tom Brady, not Drew Brees, not Aaron Rodgers, no white person more likely than not will ever have to go through this, right? Young Charlie K, nine years from now, can just walk down the block and and nothing like this will most likely ever, ever happen to him, okay? If I have a son and he's 14, he'll most likely never happen to him. And God forbid, now if you were to have a son, this probably would happen to him. Like, like most minorities say, you know, at what age do they get the speech? Right? And that speech might go as, be careful. If a cop stops you, don't act up. No sudden moment. I, I, however the speech goes, etc. Right? So, it's just, it's just different. It's, it's something we can't understand. And it's wrong. We all know it's wrong that no one should have to go through this. Right? But you, you can't really understand something until you live it. And because cause we'll most likely never be able to live it, our views will be different. We'll understand and, and we'll have sympathy. But that's just not enough. Like, your, your anger on, on this issue 
is totally different from mine. My my anger is no innocent person should be killed. If this man did nothing that that warranted that cop's reaction, then then it's wrong, right? But now a, a lot of times, also what people don't I think choose to look at what if okay he did something that warranted that. Now I don't think anything that he could have done could have warranted that severeness of, you know, that putting all his at least probably 180-pound pressure leg on on this man's neck. But some people don't look at that. So not everything can be guilty, okay? So people have to see that too. And I know they won't, and that's fair. That is fair. But it's just two sides to every story it's never just going to be this this side is fully right and that side is fully wrong it's never gonna be like that um so again cops just have to like like my cu- my cousin's a cop okay i'm i'm not gonna say his name but one one day during thanksgiving he told me and, and this was maybe uh 2017 2016 um and if you truly think about what I'm going to say, you might think, okay, this is smart. Now, it also sounds kind of weird, but he basically told me if he sees a person of color, unless he feels there's an issue, he will not stop them. He will not pull them over. And then I asked him why. He said, it's not worth the trouble, right? So it's not worth him maybe risking his life and not be, being able to come home to my cousin and my niece. And, and at that time, she, she was maybe four months old. Uh, and uh, so, you know, and also too, everyone has a phone. So he told me that makes it harder for him to do his job because when someone has a phone out it's very easily to get distracted right especially when a person's getting loud and making things right we we've all heard that joke about black women right how the majority of black women get extra loud for no reason right we've all heard it this is not new so most most do that so it's not that he doesn't want to stop my, you know, people of color, but it's just not worth it because I'm telling you someday what's going to happen is, okay, whether it's black, Hispanic, Indian, whatever, they're going to get stopped. And I truly believe that they're going to police themselves and we don't want that. We don't want, right? Just just like we don't want in, innocent minorities getting killed. We don't want innocent cops getting killed. That's going to solve nothing. So I'm sure right now there's a lot of angry people out there that want to do something. But I promise you, okay? Thinking that way is going to make things worse. Because then you're going to have cops who may be rogue or maybe not. Wow. They just shot one of ours.
okay? So that's where things have to get fixed. We can't have that, okay? Because imagine, right? Imagine if people thought that way. Imagine if I was just walking down, down the block, minding my business, and someone comes to me saying, oh, how you feel about your fellow white cop, blah, blah, blah. And then imagine something happens to me just because of that. How fair, how fair would that be, right? So we just all have to come together as people, whether, whether I don't, I don't care what your color is. At the end of the day, we are all people. If we don't come together on an issue like this, then there's no coming together. There's right and there's wrong. There's two sides also to every story. So just because you're in your feelings of one thing, you can't be biased. Like just because you're just just because you're a minority, you literally can't think all cops are bad. I'm sorry. That that might be sounding like I'm telling you how to feel, but I'm, I'm just saying a fact. You literally can't say all cops are bad. You can't. You can't say all whites are racist. You can't. That's a fact. You cannot think, say that. You 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 might be able to want to think that, but you can't because it's not true. You you want to know what, you want to know why I know it's not true because I'm not racist. So I basically just proved my point that not all whites are racist because I'm white. But also, we can't think, right, that all cops are good. We can't think that. That. So it's two sides. And again, I'll, I'll say this as discussion. There's three separate topics that should never be talked about because they get into very heated arguments. Politics, religion, and all that issues like this, race issues. Race issues, especially even more, get people very heated. So at the end of the day, if you are having a discussion with someone about these topics, and that's if you have to. If, if you can avoid these topics, avoid these topics. But if you absolutely have to discuss these topics, eventually agree to disagree. Because otherwise, one person going to say something that they're not going to like. And you either lose a friendship over that, or things get into a domesticated issue, and and you don't want that. Uh, Pete McPherson made a made a strong tweet. I just want black people to not consistently be in danger, and I think that's powerful in speech because it's either black people are put in a position where wait, say it again. You broke up a little bit. His position, Pete McPherson's tweet. He said, I just want black people to not consistently be in danger. I think that's a very strong, powerful treat. I think that's very strong. That's that's fantastic. And that's a fantastic treat. And also, Ashley, who just messaged me, saying black men are strong, black men are beautiful. I love it. And that's a, that's a white woman saying that to a black man. And I think that, that sends a powerful message that we all cannot be divided. We all need to be united. If we can't be united about something that's clearly right or wrong, then what are we doing? Like, it goes to your point that like religion is something I don't get involved with because, again, you have your beliefs, I have mine, same with politics, and thinking that everyone is, like, racist and not. Like, people don't understand what the actual definition of the word racist means. People, if people do not understand what the actual definition of the word racist means. So before you can say, oh, he's racist, he's racist, he's racist, 
ask yourself, what does racism really mean? And am I being racist? And if you are, you need to change your, change your attitude about it. Because there's no reason for hate to be in this world. There's absolutely none. None whatsoever. Like, we're going to have uh, my friend Crystal in a bit. You know, she's taking care of her motherly duties because she's a, she's a strong um, she's a strong woman who is of Hispanic descent. And she is also a mother. And she's also a teacher. So nice. we'll so I will so we'll get her views on it a little bit later. So she will be on in a bit. So um, but yeah, like she just DM and told me that she will be she she'll be on in you know in about five five to six minutes. You know when you're a mother, you know kids' duty comes first. So we'll get cool. so we'll get to have so we'll get to have her side of view, and she's Hispanic. She's also in the minority. So she can uh, not only see a minority, she's also a woman. So she, she's, what, she's what we call a double minority. <laughs> like Karin just said, she's a double minority because not only is she black, she's a black woman. So you're talking about uh, the double whammy. <laughs> um, and it was it was tough for me to talk to her about sports, but you know, as a professional, I did what I did, but that's not really what this, this whole show is about. But to show that if we can all be united, and we can all understand that this is not a black and white issue. This is a right to wrong issue. We need to understand that we need to know what is right and what is wrong. And if we can't understand right to wrong, then are we doing what's right? Are we that that killed that innocent black man? No. Those are the questions that have to be asked. So it's, uh, you know, we, uh, before we get, before we get back into sticking with this topic, um, the, the, um, another note is that when, um, when you have, when you have people, when you have also people that have, um, that talked about this and especially when LeBron talks about these issues, that's the one thing I do give LeBron respect about is that he's able to talk about this issue. I do understand that it's close, it's closer to him because he's also an African American himself, so it hits him. But Carter made an interesting point and I have to ask you this. What if the roles were reversed? And I'm gonna put you on the spot. What if it was a black cop killing a white male? How would the reaction would be? Is it the same situation? Like- same situation. Same situation. I'd obviously be mad that you know an innocent person died, but I wouldn't go directly to racist cop bad cop but i'm 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 just very completely different so you can't you can't go go by by my answer because i'm just very optimistic and i like to see the good in people um so i'm really not the one to ask this question to but i'll 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 just say like this that innocent people shouldn't be dying if they're doing nothing wrong you know that that's a, that person should be able to go home and be with their family 
Um, and 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 just like I made the thing about earlier with the X video, if that guy was black, he probably would have died, and that's wrong. Um, it's just that no nothing like this should happen. You know, police officers got to be taught gun any physical actions last resort. That's simple. I agree. And that's how it should be. You should you should only use guns if you absolutely have no other choice. Now again, we don't know the post uh, situation with George Moore or George Floyd. We don't know. So I can only take one side. Hopefully, as the days go by and the weeks go by, we'll get more information. But we also have to know that which, and like, you also have to understand that there are some information that could that could be that could be there to saying that he was this and that. And to me, that's irrelevant. I, I didn't care what that person was prior to. I need to know what happened in that specific incident that caused the body cam, man. That you go, yeah. you go straight to the body cam footage, as long as it was on, uh, and and you go by that, and and the body cam is not really something you can edit. It's you know if it's if it's turned on, you're you're gonna get the full footage. Now if it's turned off, you gotta think why was it turned off. Um, and that that's that. So. And also, and also, that's that's what you really have to go by, the body cam. You can't, you cannot go by our phones, okay? I'm sorry. So that's why, I, that's why I say, if if right, I was a cop and I was pulling you over. What what you video recorded means literally nothing because you can record and stop recording to fit your issue right you can only record what you want people to see you can edit so that's why you truly only should look at the body cam because you can't edit that you you can't change that to fit your narrative so for all the angry regular you know citizens who are recording you're you're allowed to do that to put it on social media, but make sure it's an unedited version. If you're only showing something to fit your narrative, it's wrong. Um, I remember last year there was a video that circulated where this was a white man and a white kid, right? So the video just shows the white man getting annoyed with the white kid acting stupid. And the white man ends up spanking the white kid on the butt, right? But then the full video circulated days later. And it showed the white kid being severely disrespectful to, to the grown man. Cursing him out. He knocked the drink over. But, but people didn't show that first part on social media. Because it wouldn't fit their narrative. So that's that's very strong. You can't do that. No, you can't. You can't. And I think that's one thing that is missing. Um, and the simple fact that when you're when you're showing when you when you when you're when you're uploading videos like and from your phone or whatnot, it's you all you, you people never upload the bad things for them. 
really upload things to make to make you look good. But you're right. The body cam will show the full crew. And I think that's what that's what's important. The problem is what I see is I always see news reports of like, oh, well, you know, he did this back in 2017. Like, I, I don't care what he was back in 2017, 2016. I don't care. What happened? Go to the body cam, like you said. What what caused his eventual death that day? That day only. That's what's the problem with that. People want to paint George Floyd as if he was this crazy criminal that was that was a harm to society. Nah, don't do that. Cause, because again, it goes back to what you're saying: is you're trying to fit a narrative. Body cam. Look at the vote, look at it, and if he was not resisting arrest, if he couldn't defend something, you could put your knee on your neck and you killed him? Nah, bro. That's, that's not okay. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because at the end of the day, the only person that you're looked at, you're hurting is yourself. So, you know, Crystal will be on in a couple of minutes. Um, she's, she's getting, she's cleaning up. Um, hard to when you have a one-year-old son <laughs> but uh and you know and she's all and also when she gets on she'll also i'll have her ask her about her son too because she don't she also has a 12 year old a 12 year old daughter so it 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 kind of sucks that minorities have to kind of be afraid of what's going to happen and that should not have that shouldn't be the case so that's uh so 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 real quickly, right? Real real quickly before we have Crystal, give us the give us the speech that you know the the speech that all parents of minorities tell their minority children. How how did your speech go? Well, my mom was telling me this. Um, they were be careful, be careful who you hang out with. Um, to vary your surroundings, you never, you never know what you never know what can happen. If you see something suspicious, walk away because you don't want to be caught in the crossfire. If a cop happens to pull you over, follow the rules, be vigilant, and do what you're supposed to do. My mom, it was short, sweet, and to the point. Um, my 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 parents were always making sure that choose your friends wisely. Um, don't hang out in bad crowds. Um, make sure that um, you're not in a position where you could be in jail too. And also, if people are like doing like drugs, not only is like the person doing drugs in jail, you're going to jail as an associate. So don't put yourself in a position where you could be in jail to ruin your life. You know, so. So that was the conversation I had. Cool. So, it's a uh, you know it's it kind of sucks though. It I sucks, I though. hear you. Um. All right. Uh, Chris, Chris, Chris is gonna have to let me know when I can call her. Um, all right. Hold on for one second. For joining for joining me to talk about this this issue. See, normally, Crystal, I do I talk about sports with me and my buddy Nick here, but this How are you, Crystal? This situation is bigger than sports. So I wanna get your reaction to what you you from what you your your point of view of this George 
George Floyd situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's just a sh- shame that it's just still coming to this after all these years. Like, people try to pinpoint it however they want, but it's just horrific. It's inhumane and, and disgraceful. Now, you are a mother and you have you have two kids. Does, does these things kind of worry you? Concerning the fact that you have two kids and you see things like that, and you are you are a woman yourself, and you are a minority, so those those things also worry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like just because the way you look, and if you if they assume something that you're doing something wrong, it could be like the slightest, the stupidest, slightest thing, but you know they think because they have a badge that you know they could do whatever they want and get away with it. And uh, yeah, it definitely does frighten me for not just me and my family, but for anyone, any minority, any colored person. Now, also, um, you, do, you, do you have these conversations with your daughter? And if so, um, what do you tell her? Um, well, this particular situation, I, we haven't talked about, but it, you know, we, we ha- I have touched a little bit on here and there with racism, but I just feel as far as talking to your kids about things and, and how they are raised is how they're going to treat others. So if I was to be, for example, if I was anti, you know, or if I was racist in the slightest and my daughter learned from me, they're going to just continue the cycle. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, if, if these parents are, if these cops have kids, for example, this, this cop that just with a situation, situation with Floyd, if he has a children, I'm sure that his kids are similar to him because, because of him. Yeah, that is that is true. It, it does. Um, it does. Um, the good parenting does start at home. Um, it we we as minorities, uh, we have come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. What do you think we can do to start to bridge the gap? So, um, to so these things do not happen. Um, you mean like well, how can we? Like how, yeah, like how can we teach kids at a young age that racism is wrong and that the, like what these cops are doing, these are not, like not all cops are bad. Like I guess what I'm trying to say is how can we, how can we as a society teach our kids that, you know, not everything we see is, um, is bad? Um, I guess it all comes down to, you know, how, when you, when you meet someone when you're around someone you you see how they are you 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 learn as you go when you meet right when you meet somebody right so you know it's same with kids like they don't they're not born or or they're not growing up and thinking oh this person has dark skin so they're bad or they they just they're being taught what we teach them right so so i feel like society as a whole also needs to, you know, come to a conclusion that just because there's, say, a handful of, um, a handful of, you know, bad people, it may be in different race, that doesn't mean the whole race is bad, quote unquote, or the whole, 
or just because, you know, um, a few people here and within the races do, do hurtful things doesn't mean make everyone bad. And, it, and just, uh, just the same for a, a police officer. Just because, unfortunately, there's a good amount of police officers that, that this has come to, but that doesn't mean that they're all bad. They're not, you know, and we just have to make it clear to the kids, depending on their age, what, you know, what's appropriate for them to understand and speak about to them. Now, you know. now in your job, I know that you, that you work and you work with kids, um, and I know that it hits home with you. Um, does, do you think that, like, a, like, people recording these things, should they also be just as guilty? Because I always feel like if you're going to record these things, shouldn't you also be held accountable? Because you could have done something to yeah, call the police, or, or not, well, not exactly the police, but like called someone for help, or you try yourself instead of recording, you could be helping and somehow. But the thing is, is that I feel like in these days when there's things like this going on, Yes, yes, it's wrong. I, I agree that they should be held accountable for just recording and not doing anything. But it's also like how you look at it because like, for example, if this person was recording and then showed a police officer, a police officer in their right mind, somebody that wasn't like the police officer that killed this man, and they, they actually get to see proof of what happened, that's one thing, you know what I'm saying? But like, just to record and just watch somebody be killed and not say anything and not do and, and not put it out to the media, nothing. Like, that's even worse because, like, like for example, you know, I came across this uh, this um, somebody wrote it on on Instagram today, and it said something like, um, "Imagine what we don't see. Like, imagine what." all the things that were recorded, but what about all the things that are not recorded? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, it's like almost like it's a bad and a good thing at the same time because you're seeing what these people are actually doing and they're not, they can't get away with it if it's on camera, like, unless, unless they just don't give a shit and they're just allowing them to just get away with it, with anything all the time, which I really can't see always happening. It's not, you know, but... So I, I don't know, like, I, I think it's wrong, but then again, I also think that it's, it could be helpful. So, so at what age do you think it's appropriate to bring this issue to a child? Eight years old, nine age? years old, yeah. Um, probably like nine, ten, and up, around, around there. I think that if they're younger than that, they're just not going to really grasp the idea of the whole, you know, they're not going to really, you right. know, fully understand what is going on. They're just going to see that somebody's getting hurt and it's, and it's, you know, and it's a shame and it's sad and that's, you know, really all they're going to understand, I think. I had another lady on, um, she, we had, we were on, I was on IG Live just um, a few hours ago and, and I believe we brought this up and we said because she was also African American um lady lady and you know and we and we said that this, like we can have discussions about this 
but until something is done, not like nothing is going on. Like what? Like like? And we've seen this, Crystal, way too often. We always see we've seen this in news, and it shouldn't be the norm. Right. Like we this this I cannot do a show with my buddy, and the first thing we we'll talk about is the innocent black person being killed or innocent minority being killed. That, that right. should not be normalized. So so. I guess my question to I guess my my follow up question to you is like how can how can minorities explain to people of Caucasian the struggles that we go through because me and you Crystal we're minorities and every day it seems like it's a struggle or we're targeted and we're not given the same equal opportunities as other folks are so how can we bring that to the forefront? So people can explain that all we just want to be is just be on equal level playing field, no special treatments, just be treated with respect. Right. I mean, it's it's definitely hard to, to, to explain it because I feel like there's so many people that have tried to speak out and tried to get justice for you know their family members that have got, have gotten their lives taken for no reason or or for for something as something as little as you know, trying to sell a cigarette or buy or, or, you know, something like, you know, that the, the other people have gone through. And, you know, it's, to me, it's like, as almost as if like, as so many people, they try to protest, they try to get petition signed, they try to, you know, do all these things. And it's just like, it's just not, it's just not happening. It's like, nobody, nobody gets it until someone that they love or care about, you know, it happens. It happens to them. And it's sad that, like, it takes something so drastic to happen for everyone to just come together. Because, for example, say if, say if me, you, and whoever sign these petitions or do what we co- what we possibly could to to speak out or, or, reach, or say how we feel, that's just a percentage of millions of people in the world. So unless the whole world comes together... And, and just says, this needs to stop. And especially innocent people, that they, that they didn't do the same. Like, I can understand if the guy had a gun and the cop was like, all right, put your weapon down, you know, and, and you know, raise, put your hands in the air, whatever. And the guy did it. And, and, he, and he, maybe he has to kind of just, like, you know, shoot him in the shoulder or something just for him to... So he wouldn't get the cops wouldn't get killed. But it was these are not the situations that we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that are in a, the guy was in a store. They said you know supposedly forging a check. I I mean I have to look into the story exactly a little more. But this is not this is not something that you kill somebody over. Absolutely. No, and you know this is not something that you know you you know I saw a video of the of the guy speaking about gun violence and all these things and he seemed like a positive person like no no amount of of you know disrespect no amount of um saying oh i hate this person i hate like nothing this guy had there's no reason for it there was no you know there's just no reason for it and it's just sad because it's not even just you know it's young it's it's even young kids teenagers Mid twenty people in their mid twenties, gun violence, all these types of violence. Just it's just so many things that happen that it's just sad that like people come together after 
you know, lives are already taken. Like, it's too, it's, it's, almost, it's almost as if it was, like, too late. It's just too late. It is, and, it is pretty sad. Continue. Yeah, and, yeah, like, it's, it's just sad because, and then you, you, they, they compare stories, you know, how, how come the murders, the, the, the white men that killed kids in the school, that shot up the school, or killed nine people in a, in a public place or wherever it was, how come they got arrested peacefully, you know, just got arrested, went to, dealt with their, um, you know, dealt with their situations and went on to jail, not not murdered, not being stepped on, on kneeled on, on the neck because they die, nothing like that. They go to jail and that's it. A guy, a, a black man was murdered, kneeled, kneeled on, huh? Yeah, it was kneeled, was kneeled on his neck and died and, and they just fired the guy, that was it. Uh, now, now the, the last question before I let you go. Um, you posted something like I saw something that you put on your story about a cop kneeling and Kaepernick. Um, that was that was very powerful. Can you oh, yeah, explain yeah. like? Can, can you explain like the, the the thought that came about it when you post the picture of that cop kneeling on the guy's neck and Kaepernick kneeling? I, know I couldn't even look at it for more than five minutes. I couldn't look at it. I, I just, I just thought it was so disgraceful and so heart, disheartening and inhumane. Like the guy looked like he didn't have any care in the world on his face. Like he just was like, okay, this is just like, like it was nothing. And and for people like in the beginning, I used to feel like, oh, like like kneeling, kneeling. Um, Kyle, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he starts the whole kneeling thing on the project. Like, I used to kind of think, well, you know, is that, like, I used to think, like, oh, like, question it, like, you know, is that disrespectful? But now, after all this, like, no, I don't think it's disrespectful because, you know, it, it's him standing up for his culture, his, his, you know, people that, that have lost their lives innocently. It's not like it's just any other day. And they, and you know, and you're waking up and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's insane. Well, Crystal, um, it's I just really, volume. Yeah. It, yeah. Re- it really, it, it really speaks volumes, especially, and I'm really glad to have you on because I, because it's, it's only fitting that we can get someone who is of minorities and who understands that this, things like this should not be. It should not be normalized. These types of actions should not be normalized. And it should not be, if I have a kid one day, I shouldn't have to have this conversation with my future kid and say, listen, man, you know. You got to be careful when you go out because you never know. Like, you you know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to be. You shouldn't. No person just because they have their skin darker than the next or whatever should have to feel worried about where their where their family goes and what their family does every second of the day. God forbid, like you know, nobody should have to live like that. Absolutely. Well, Crystal, as always, um, you're one of my really good friends, and I'm really glad that you came on. And especially for someone, especially for someone like you. this really, this really does mean a lot to me. So thank yeah. you again so much. So. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye bye. That was yeah, very good. Yes. Yes, that is. Um, she's uh, she's one of my really good friends, and 
been living good friends for over over three years, and we've we've had conversations like this a lot, and I want to bring them to the forefront. Um, so it's something it's something that uh, it's something that need, that needed to be talked about, and I'm glad that Crystal, a mother of two, is able to have this conversation with. Um, I think she was fantastic. I really think she was fantastic. I mean. Um, and it's funny because we've, we've, the other day, we, you know, talking about our favorite food. We were talking about, like, you know, what, we were just having conversations about sports, and, you know, she's a giant fan, and we were talking. We were having regular conversations talking about football, and all of a sudden, this stuff happens that we can, and it's, it's upsetting. Um, it's, these types of things should not be normalized. We cannot normalize these conversations. We, we, we cannot be talking about innocent men, innocent minority men being killed and thinking that it's no reason. So, uh, unfortunately, Nessa cannot join. She has a family emergency, so that's not happening. So, I pray that her emergency goes by well. Okay, so I get I, I talked to McPherson. Um, McPherson said, um, He's gonna let me know. Uh, we're gonna have Keith on um, in a bit, but uh, yeah, I just wanna. What are your thoughts on what Crystal said? I think she said everything correct, and uh, it's just sad, you know. No, no parent should have to bear the child. You know, the child should have to bear the parent. So, the fact that. She, any parent would ever have to take time to sit their child down and basically say, look, you have to this, that, this, that, and this, and et cetera, et cetera. And everything she said was right. And just like, just like I said before she came on, the gun should be the last resort. And do not shoot to kill. Shoot in the shoulder. Shoot in the knee. Shoot in the leg, you know. Just, just all, all of that. Do not shoot the kill. And Ford's check, if that's true, is bad. But no reason he should die. What should have happened? He should have been cuffed, thrown in the back of the cop car, and be in the slam until he sees a judge. That's what. That's what should have happened. And and then he and then he and then he should have to be forced to pay his debts, and maybe maybe spend a couple days in jail for for writing a bad check, but that's it though. But now his family is setting up for a funeral, and I hope you know because a month back Shaq ended up paying for a funeral, so I hope. This family, because funerals are expensive, man. So I hope this fa- family does not have to pay tens to twenty to thirty thousands of dollars to bury the, to bury him. I hope someone could step up and pay for the whole thing, so so it can be done right. And that's if they can even have a funeral right now. With with the virus still going on, who knows if they'll be able to properly pay their respects? Probably not. And that's and that's what also sucks 
about people dying this time because under normal circumstances, it's a whole day thing, right? Two, three hours in the church, and then you go to your loved one's house, you you know, and then people nonstop bring bring casseroles for days and food for days. <laughs> you know, fridges are stocked up, fridges are stocked up with notes saying, Oh, bake got three fifty for twelve minutes or da 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 you know, and then you just all be together, you're in suits, girls are most likely in dresses or a skirt or et cetera, et cetera, and you're you're cracking jokes about the good times. You're saying, Man, what what a pain in the butt this guy was sometimes, right? You know? All all good things like that, but in a situation like this, you can't even do that right now. Or 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 hopefully where where they live, they can, but most likely not. So that that makes it doubly worse. Um, so I I just hope all that happens and all of this just needs to stop, man. Again, if you do the wrong thing and and that person died, you know what? It's sad, but it's less sad. Okay, but when an innocent person dies, that is just uncalled for. It, it, it shouldn't happen. I agree, um, one thousand percent. And honestly, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like this. And you know, um, I'm not also unfortunately other podcast movies we cannot come on tonight so I think that's pretty much all we can get so alright that's fine he's on it tomorrow so on his podcast the ticket so check that out so he said he'll come back on to join us at a later date so he can give his opinion on sometime next week you know his opinion on it so like, All right. Know, well, then we're gonna finish. we're gonna end it on this. Uh, you know, you know. Well, before well, well, before we end this, well, let, let's let's end this on a positive note before because this has been a lot of serious. The positive note that we're ending on is next week. Uh, me and Steve are going to be back with Puck Luck. Um, Steve is going to be my new co-host, and we're going to have Ashland. Thank um, Ashland MVP who covers the Atlanta Braves, who's also a big time hockey fan of the National Predators. We're all we're gonna be previewing the NHL playoffs and expected time of when the playoffs are gonna drop. So she's gonna talk about her Preds. Steve's gonna talk about his Rangers, and I'm gonna talk about the Islanders. So we're gonna end on a positive note. So no no catchphrases, no nothing. We're gonna end it like this. So we're back again tomorrow on a better note. This is the sports stars over at here. Yes, sir. Uh,